A power outage delays the Monaco Grand Prix. Another high splits in half. Ferrari managed to give away another victory. And Checo gets a new contract and the win at Monaco. Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Yancy, how are you doing? Okay. Ruben? What's going on, guys? On today's episode, we will be talking about the Monaco Grand Prix. No, he's not going to answer. We'll get into that. He's a little upset today. (laughs) We'll be talking about the Monaco Grand Prix. We'll also be talking about some silly season. And just kind of, man, like, I felt like it was just a lot of errors coming out of of Monaco. So I'll actually dive pretty deep into that. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I just want to make sure that everybody follows at Jump to Start F1. That is our Twitter and Instagram account handle. Uh, We're also on many podcast platforms as you're listening. Uh, Please make sure to leave us a review, subscribe, follow, whatever the mechanism is on your podcast feed. Uh, We just crossed five thousand downloads so thank you guys for listening well pick up some speed uh make sure to tell a friend and tell a friend right um and with that said let's just jump right into it ruben i thought you were asking how was your weekend like you normally do i was waiting for to give you the answer no let's just... no no you want the same answer it's every too week? short yeah <laughs> gentlemen a short view back tired. to the past Sorry. <laughs> All right. So a view back to the past of the Monaco race weekend. So qualifying, obviously that is the the more exciting day for the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Ferrari completely untouchable, right? Yeah. Uh, I agree. Leclerc pole position, signs yes, second place. Sure. At this point, I'm just looking forward to Saturdays only. <laughs> 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 Uh, Leclerc and Sainz out the front my row. Man. Yeah, Perez and Max three and four. Um, I, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. So, your prediction of Leclerc? I called it. I called it. Charles Leclerc. I said sixteen pole positions by the end of the year. Right now, he's at five in seven races. Multiply that by three. Mm-hmm. 15 and 20 ruin races. Granted, it's going to get tougher as the year goes on because it'll be less Ferrari-style tracks. And then that leaves that one more at the mm. end of the year. Hopefully, he gets to my 16. Uh, 16 poles. I'll show up. <laughs> what is the... Re- well, I'm not even going to ask the question, but uh, should look up how many... I'll look it up. How many... How many? What's the record for the amount of pole positions in a season? If he hit 16, I'm going to do the podcast naked. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to see it. I was going to say, yeah, who wants to see that? And nobody wants to see that anyways. <laughs> At this point, I'll quit. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, man. <laughs> Is there anything we want to talk about for the practices or uh, qualifying? There's a lot for the race, so... Um, obviously, we had some. Uh, Boras had some engine issues. Carlos Sainz. So, Sergio Perez crashed into going into the tunnel. He had an accident, slipped, crashed into the wall. Carlos Sainz crashed into him, damaged his transmission. Um, other than that, not really much else to really talk about. I expected a lot more red flags for uh, because of the rain. No, for for qualifying. Oh. Because it's just been kind of the pattern. Just because they, yeah. Yeah. That's the way the new race directors have been running the race anyways. No, it's just funny also that Paris crash, Science pretty much, you know, tapped him, and then Max came right behind him, and that's how the race was, as well the podium was. Okay, so moving on to the race itself. So we saw that it was, they lined up on the grid. And it just started, it started raining. At first, it didn't even look that bad. We were all sitting at the Broken Bow Brewery up here in, uh, in I guess, Westchester West West County, uh, out here in New York. Shout out to Broken Bow Brewery. Um, 
And we heard a lot of rumors, not rumors, but a lot of rumbling, oh, just start the race. We saw on Twitter as well, oh, just start the race. But then the skies really opened up. A ton of water, understanding that Monaco is a street race and that the drainage isn't set up as well as you probably find on a more dedicated track. Right? You have mm-hmm. areas where it's going to be a low point and the water's just going to pool up. There's also a pool. Um, <laughs> the so it, it was initially from what it's still a little um, still a little hidden as to what exactly the issues were not hidden but just not really f- discussed in detail but so the rain it sounds like the rain delayed the initial start because it was just going to be one big deluge deluge that came through and then what ended up happening after that it affected the the electrical system and did not allow for the starting lights to actually function, thus creating a situation where we were delayed to see if it, they could make it work. And then beyond that, they couldn't make it work, so then we had to have a rolling start behind the safety car. Which we didn't even notice the race started. Right. At that point, yeah, like even not even with the with the rain and all the tire changes happening so last minute, you saw even people just uh, the tire carriers, whatever, just running up and down the yeah the pit the pit lane just to try to get some tires on them. Even yeah, Martin Brundle was talking about how Josh Capito was running down with the uh, Williams team. Come on, let's go, let's change the tires, etc. Like the team boss. Uh, what did you guys think? Obviously, they should have been more transparent, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the issue was that there were the lights, the power went out in the paddock building. So they didn't even mention it. They didn't even no, mention yeah, that. Never. We thought it was because of the rain. And honestly, when granted, it was a big, it was a pretty big, you know, it wasn't safe downpour, to race yeah. in that downpour. But uh, we usually don't see that. Usually, you just let it start the race, and if they have to red flag it. They red flag it. Um, but I, I think the more plausible explanation would be, yeah, the power went out, and um, they couldn't get. They have to get all the systems working because everything resets. So it, it was just weird. Uh, I. At some point, it was like, all right, why aren't you starting the race at this point? Because it's not raining that much. So, but hey, yeah, uh, things things are weird. Things are weird. At the beginning, I thought the race could be started, but obviously, when that, when the actual red flag came out, that's when it was already like the skies had just fully opened up, and maybe they should have just let him start the race and reacted to it the way Horn, you know Horner said in the in the article from from Motorsport, mm-hmm. you know, because. They did two laps behind the safety car to then red flag the race. But those those two laps never counted towards the race either. There were two formation laps. I yeah. Uh, did they shorten it? I thought that they did. And um, then after the delay, we got somehow also towards the middle of the race, the, the, the clock to count down as well. Yeah, because they were running out of time. Yeah. Because of the red flag then with Mick mm-hmm. Schumacher, which we'll talk about later. So, all right, I'm going to ask Yancy directly this question. Do we want to talk about Perez first and the win, or do we want to talk about Ferrari and their loss? Ferrari and their loss, because that kind of what it's what led to Perez winning anyway. So I'll set the stage. We had Ferrari one two at qualifying, front row lockout in Monaco. So basically, just just we saw uh, Daniel Ricciardo win the Monaco Grand Prix a couple years ago without even having full use of his engine, not full power. Uh, We know that it's possible to just go really, really slowly around this track and still pull out a win. It's very difficult to overtake. It's a procession, and Saturday is what really counts. And still, somehow, Ferrari was able to to slip um, Charles Leclerc from first to fourth and then only finish second. Congratulations, you played yourself. Even Yancy wanted to, like, I guess, break the table. <laughs> you you want to take this one away? If there's any track in the season, uh, 22 races that we have or we're going to have this season, this was the track that suited the Ferrari the most. <laughs> it was it's, easy it's, win. It's true. There's no laughing at this. Nobody. In qualifying, was even close to Ferrari. You can say Max was on a good lap. 
But so was Leclerc before that red flag came up, before Paris crashed out. Leclerc already had the fastest lap in qualifying that anybody, any other driver had, and he was going to beat that. Mm-hmm. So as far as one lap pace, Ferrari had it in the back. Nobody was close to either Sainz or Leclerc. Mm-hmm. We know that in Monaco, where usually, where you start, you finish because you cannot overtake. We'll give the example of, and we're going to talk about this later, of Hamilton trying to pass Alonso the entire race and just could not do it. So how in the hell do you manage not only if you have control of the race, not only to dictate the pit strategy, but manage to not do so because Red Bull was aggressive with their pit strategy. And then when you must react, you wait too late to react. And then to compound the problem, you bring in both of your cars at the same time without informing the second car, which is Charles Leclerc, that it's going to be a double stack. It's frustrating because we know that if you win or lose a race in Monaco, it's due to your pit strategy, undercut, overcut. We've seen this plenty of times. Yes, Just get the pit stop straight. You need some water? No! Okay. He needs vodka. Why <laughs> Why would the double stack, why would Leclerc knowing if it's a double stack matter? It, the problem is that they didn't even execute it correctly because they told Leclerc to come into the pit before Raskas, he, right before, so they told him too late, he comes into the pit and they're not even ready for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you lose time there. That's where he that was lost a, out that to was the first. second pit stop. Too. Yes. Because he did it, and there was a second pit stop because they didn't they didn't they didn't react, react on time to Paris's stop. So when he went on to the intermediates. To me, that's why they lost. That's, that's yeah. So they They lost that race for Leclerc. Leclerc was on it the entire weekend. They lost that race for Leclerc, just like they lost the race last week with the reliability issues. Leclerc's driving lights out. He had a 50-point lead in the championship. He had, okay. The two races that you should win at this point to pad your lead, they lost it. Yeah, in that car. The team lost it. Not Leclerc. The team lost it. As per usual, Ferrari always manages to fuck it up. Congratulations. You played yourself. Never has a drop been more perfect than that one. So, Carlos, uh, I'm sorry, Charles Leclerc led the led the race. Yes. Carlos Sainz second place. Perez close behind him. He, he was he was kind of attacking Sainz a lot of the first. Let's call it the first stint. Trying to force a mistake. Correct. Sergio Perez pits from wets. But wait, wait. That being is Carlos Sainz. You're doing that to you're just waiting for it because Carlos Sainz. You know, the beginning of the race, all the races we have so far, has always made mistakes or something's happening with him. He did make a mistake after. Yeah, that was after the, after the pits, though. Yeah. So. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, let's push him up to see if he's, you know, the jitters get to him as well in this race and he does something. He waited two whole laps of pillow. <laughs> right. So, Paris pits lap 16 onto Inters. And we had seen. Um, Gasly. Gasly was at one point the fastest man on the track. Then we saw Vettel. Sunoda and Schumacher also pit onto Inter's Stroll and Latifi. So we had the data mm-hmm. as to what was happening and how much faster those drivers were. Paris pits on lap 16. Two whole laps go by with him just plugging away in free air in Monaco. Amazing lap times. Charles Leclerc pits lap 18. He comes out behind Perez and signs. The uh, uh, Max Verstappen also pits on... I was going to say, he didn't come out behind Max because Max pitted as well. Exactly. So, Max Verstappen pitted also lap 18 to cover Leclerc's pit, right? Sainz stays out. Man, so, man, uh, the whole time all I could think about was freaking Sebastian Vettel at one point in Ferrari, he was also being his own race engineer, being like, I'm going to pit on this lap or like, I'm going with this strategy. Mm-hmm. 
That's what Signs did. He's like, no, no, no. no. We're, going I, I'm, straight, we're going straight to the slicks. I don't care. You can't overtake. And like, can we? What was Wellington saying to, to us yeah. in Broken Bow? Okay, pass uh, me. Pass me. You can't overtake. So pass me. Yeah, honestly, I expected I expected Perez and Verstappen to just stay on the on the intermediates until the end of the race and just dare anybody to pass them and then like just bump them off the off the track if they needed to. If at any point Ferrari loses the championship this year, we are going to point back to these last two weekends, Spanish Grand Prix and the Monaco Grand Prix, where they lost it. I told you guys this last week. Mark my words. Oh, so frustrating. <laughs> so Perez with the two fat the two fast laps on the inters was able to come out in first place. After that, he pits. I'm sorry. After that, Carlos Sainz pits on lap 21 to go on to slicks. He goes on to hearts. Coming out of Raskaz is Charles Leclerc. And they Ferrari initially tells him to pit. Then they tell him to stay out, but he was already in the pit lane, so they put him on on the slicks. So his stint on the intermediates, lap 18. No, he Four came laps. in on lap 18. Lap 19, 20, and then pits on lap 21. Yeah. Three laps. Yeah. So a recipe for disaster. Wh- what? Was what a waste of 30 seconds. No, no. I'm, the strategy that worked was what science wanted. Straight to slicks. He was saying that from the get-go. A couple of times on the way he mentioned, I want to go straight to slicks. I want to hold. I want to go straight to slicks. He didn't He didn't want the interest. And at one point, he got it as well. Uh, but... Uh, they would have been better off just waiting. They would have been better off, but either way, it was just that it was that call. It, it, I everything it started going downhill the minute that they didn't cover Paris's pit stop. Yep, that's exactly because they lost time on they lost time on two pit stops, and on top of that, you lose even more extra time because the the the, the guys weren't ready to change his tires in the second time around to go on yeah, to the hard. Ferrari is not Red Bull when it comes to to strategies and. Really jump, you know. Yeah, but you should you be, should bro. Be. You it's be. Ferrari. That's not, that's not an excuse. You're not it's the best. Ferrari. You have to be the best. Come on. Okay. Yeah, it is the team. Like, anybody, if you mention Formula One, you immediately think Ferrari. You don't think of an energy drinks company. Peldon. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Carlos Sainz pits lap 21 like we talked about onto the slicks. He's the first... He's not the first driver of the, on the slicks, but he's the first of the top contenders on the slicks. Yeah, I think Stroll was one of the first ones to go. Latifi was also one. one. Oddly enough, Mick Schumacher was the first <laughs> yes. one on uh, lap 17. Albon on lap 18. And then it's the same thing. You're picking up the data and you're starting to understand, okay, they're actually going to start working. Science comes in. Perez covers him off on the next race, which was... It's the strategy out in Monaco. You have to cover rather, these yeah. these pit stops. Goes on the same tire. The only time you're gonna gain any time in Monaco is in the pits, man. This is a this is a, a race that is won on pit strategy almost all of the time. And lost. It's not how fast you are. And lost. Yeah. It's not how fast you are. It's not how you know how fast you have an engine. It it just doesn't matter. It doesn't even I don't even think the aerodynamics matter. It's just how yeah. How you how you execute your pit strategy? That is the most important thing. Pass me. Pass you can't me. pass. You can't pass, man. And so it's like, right, well, go ahead, pass me. Yeah. So one thing that was really not that it mattered, but like once they got the red flag after the safety car incident, they flip Perez's tires over to mediums, and they kept Carlos Sainz on the same hearts. It was. It was pretty much a free pit, and we didn't do anything. It was questionable. Granted, it it almost worked out for Ferrari because the medium started to fall off towards Mm -hmm. the end. But what what a freaking disaster it is. It has been the same story since 20... As long as we can remember. I was going to say 2017, but as long as we can remember. Giving away free points, giving away positions, giving away time when you really can't, when you're in a competitive battle. I don't know. It's it's not gonna work out. Like if you keep making these mistakes and you're making them so early in the season, what stops you from making them again? And then and we all know that that Red Bull, as far as when it comes to their pit stops and their strategy, that's like their bread and butter. They're pushing the limit. Yeah, they're they're, pu- they're aggressive with yep. it, and they usually get it right. 
And guess what? Now that they a lot have, of times they're the one that dictate the race because of that. Yeah. Exactly. Now that they have a guy like Perez who can save his tires, now all the options are open. And you have a guy who's just as quick as Max is. So you you have anything to say on Ferrari, Ruben? <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't. Yes, you would kill me. Nine years missing. No, no. I mean, they just oh. they blew it big time. We were just we were just we've been waiting for that all weekend for for Charlie to make a mistake or for Ferrari to do we, something. We were we were we were the points are won on Sundays, not on Saturdays. Well, if there's a sprint race on Saturday, <laughs> points are won on Sundays for the most part, <laughs> not on Saturdays. Yancy, please be honest. You were waiting for the Charles. Of course, mis- he even said it. There was a there's the meme out there. The, the uh, nothing scares me, but like that thing and the that thing being Leclerc radio. Every time radio the coming Leclerc radio comes up, I'm just like, whoa, 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 especially whoa, Monaco. Whoa, whoa, what's going on here? That thing, it scares me. It, it's yeah, it, <laughs> it does, man. It, it you know it strikes fear into my heart, and uh, yeah, at least he finished the race. We'll see what happens next. Yeah, year. he's he's improving. I feel like I'm the Dallas Cowboys every time I come into wow. into into Monaco with with Leclerc. It's like let's see what happens next year. We'll get him next year. Get him next year. Get him next year. <laughs> Never happens, and it's not Leclerc's fault. It's always next year. It's not Leclerc's fault. It's just this, not. This always next year, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, this season, this 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 Monaco Grand Prix wasn't his fault. Last few seasons have been his fault. So the like, curse continues. Just just think about what's next. Baku's next, and they have a they have a speed deficit as it is, a massive speed deficit. So let's see what happens there. You're gonna. The Ferraris are probably going to be quick through like sector two and three. Oh no, sector it's not sector two only. Yeah, that's going to be ugly. The castle sector. The castle yeah. sector. I think that's sector two. Yeah. Because the first sector and the last sector are or, all high speed, all straight. Yeah. yeah. So it's like ah, but we'll leave that for the preview. Yeah. So on the other, on the flip side of this, from uh, being told to basically being team ordered into second place to now i guess the 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 terminator comes out sergio perez first race win in monaco first race win this season as a uh, the first race win this season dude he he was if leclerc wasn't doing as good as he was doing in qualifying like uh, Perez was the, the setter, the trendsetter, the time setter. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was not putting a foot wrong. We saw the same thing last week. This guy was a beast. We saw, uh, yeah, last week we saw it again in Miami. We saw it earlier this season when he stole the uh, pole. I forget what track it was, but he stole a pole position from from Leclerc. He has been driving better and better as his career has gone on, and now as his time at Re- as Red Bull has gone on. Yeah, he has. He's um, as the weeks go by, he's becoming one with the car. Yes, more and more, out and out, beat Max Verstappen this weekend. Yep, on every phase. Yep, not everybody can say that. So it's just been like a a slow build up to this point. Um, Vamos, Checo, which is probably the reason why they resigned them for another two years. Yeah, so it, jokes on him, right? He said as they were going into the paddock that he signed too early, right? We didn't know what it was at the time, but they revealed today mm-hmm. that uh, Checo Perez has been signed on for two more years. And dude, I think back to <laughs> when you think of these high-powered teams, right? So in recent memory, you have Hamilton and Boras. Boras does not hold a candle to what Perez is doing now. So there were times where he kept it close with Lewis, but not not like this, where he you walk out of a weekend being like, holy shit, Boras dominated. Mm-hmm. Maybe at the Russian Grand Prix one or two times. There was never a time when you walk out of a weekend with Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen and you thought, wow, Kimi just like, he killed it this whole weekend. Right? No, yeah. But now you're getting that with, so I want to put it into context, right? I think that Max is a top tier talent, right? For 
Perez to be sticking around the way he has been and for him to be challenging the way he has been is to me nothing short of incredible. Yeah, cons- but, and it's incredible because you're you're going up against Max Verstappen. By the way, he stole that pole position in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia from Leclerc. Um, yeah, you're right. You're completely correct. I mean, but here's the thing. I am not going to say that he is that much better than Verstappen. Because we see as usually what we saw, especially, and I'm, I'm not gonna, saying he's better than Verstappen. No, 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 no. I'm just saying <laughs> like that when we what we saw with uh, Botas and Hamilton was that on a Saturday, Botas could uh, sometimes beat Hamilton, but during the race, he'll disappear. He'll disappear. Yeah. I think this race, if Perez were to be ahead, <clears throat> it's Monaco. Okay, that's fine, but it's Monaco. You can't really overtake. If you put Max on most of the tracks this season, Max is going to beat Checo. He's just that quick. That he's that he can cha- challenge him every once in a while, yeah. And he's doing a great job because, honestly, if you look at the standings, he's right there. He's nine points down. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. He's 15 points f- down 15 from Max down and from six Max. points down from Leclerc. Yeah. So he's, he's Within right striking there. Distance. But I don't... This is going to be one of those things where it's the same thing where we rave about Bottas 2.0 mm-hmm. and then he falls off. I think that's what's going to happen with Checo. I don't know how... I don't know if it's going to be as drastic as a Bottas, but we all know... It's just like last year what I was saying with Leclerc and Sainz. We know who's the faster guy on the track. Mm-hmm. We know it's Leclerc. We know. It, not that Sainz is a bad driver. Not that Checos is a bad driver. Checos is an excellent driver. But he's just not as quick as a Verstappen or Leclerc. So going back to, on the topic of Paris, going back to, he signed now a two-year deal with Red Bull, meaning he's in contract 20, 2023 and through 2024. Mm-hmm. But going back to like Yancey's point, that um, how can I say this? That going back to Yancey's point when he was comparing it to Bottas, that um, it's just I don't think it's, I think it's two different drivers. I think maybe you would say in some aspect maybe Bottas sometimes was more aggressive than Paris, but Paris is the, his consistency is what pretty much just takes Paris like on a different league from Bottas. Bottas yeah. was more aggressive than Paris. No, at the, at, because of the because of the the times it was obviously maybe I'm saying that because probably seeing Bottas at Mercedes for so long, being at the top all the time, you know, and and Paris coming from a I would say like a secondary thing, you would say maybe you know. So I don't know. It's just it's just a, a little it, it, to compare to Bottas. I, I think Paris has always been better than Bottas, but because he was at Mercedes, always at the top, we did not see that from Paris, just like we've been seeing. Because I would say. Maybe you could say after the, the middle of the season last year, he's been right. so on the car. That's what I was going to kind of lead into first. The um, Think about it this way. Racing point mm-hmm. at the time, they cut Perez. His racing career was going to be over. They, he, didn't, he, he was left for dead at the end of the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. But you know why, right? My, in, my, in my point of view, I think... We will say why, his career, why, why, why? because he's come from where he's coming from. He's a, he's a driver has been around since like twenty ten. But it's, what? So you know why? What? What? Meaning, I, I said because because he's coming from you know younger drivers are coming in that are also at the top. You know the Lando Norris and you know the Max Verstappen. These kind of drivers are coming. You know the new the new trend of drivers are coming in. So the old school driver from Perez's time, there's not that many left. So when they when when he gets cut, even though he had all the attributes to stay in Formula One. Mr. Consistency, you know he he brings you a car. He was with Force, building he was with traction control, building traction control. Sorry, he was with Force India, a team with one of the lowest budget, and he was still per top notch performing. Then you know Papa Stroll comes, and he manages to save the team when mm-hmm. Lawrence told you know to be able to make way for Lawrence to take over the team. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I will say, not the way Stroll wanted for the team to go, but it was also a, showing now it was a huge mistake 
for him and, and a couple of guys have the lost their The only reason seat. he lost his seat was because of Lance Stroll. Because Lance Stroll is Lawrence Stroll's son. He's a son. He's the owner's son. Gotcha. Right? So we only, So that means that you only have one seat available on that team because they're not going to fire this, the, 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 the father's son. The father's son. Right? Mm-hmm. So the, the, other, the other seat is Checo's seat, and you have an, an opportunity to bring in a four-time world champion. You're going to take the four-time world champion. So honestly, off of merit, off of merit, that's a, a, let me just rephrase this. Checo didn't lose his seat off of merit. Checo lost his seat because of politics. Gotcha. Okay? He deserves to be on the grid, and he's showing it now. And thank God that um, the young drivers that Red Bull – either Gasly or Albon just didn't cut it and they put him in the seat and you can see how much better of a team Red Bull is when they have a, a viable second driver behind Max. So, silly season time, right? Pierre Gasly, across multiple interviews this season and just offhanded comments, has been talking about he's ready for the Red Bull drive now. After all that time, he was a young driver. He's more mature now, et cetera. He's ready for the Red Bull drive. Rest in peace, Pierre Gasly's Red Bull opportunity, right? Yeah, now it's going to be absolutely. two years. Now it's two years. He's got to look forward to another seat. Yep. So yeah. I'm going to give you some opportunities here, right? Fernando Alonso, we don't know what his plans are, but there's already been discussion that Oscar Piastri would come in and fill mm-hmm. that seat, right? Mm-hmm. If he decides to leave. So that's Alpine kind of out of the question. And that's the French team too. Would have been awesome for a French driver to go to Pierre Gasly, yeah, right? Two French drivers in the French Two team. French. Yeah, that would have been crazy. Yeah. Could still happen. McLaren. Ah. There was an article this weekend that, not even an article, but Zach Brown said it. You know, there's mechanisms for them to Get out of the contract with Daniel Ricciardo, who has not been performing. He we, said he was not living up to expectations. He has a monster contract and is, again, as Yancy just said, not living up to expectations, cannot make the car work. So the Renault that he drove and the Red Bull were actually very similar, according to what Daniel Ricciardo himself said a couple of years ago. Very similar, except that the Red Bull was grippier, quote unquote. This car, the McLaren, was a new car for him to get used to. Guess what? He gets into the car? Last year. Last year. He gets into the car, rules change. Now he has to get used to... A new car. A new car. A new, new car. So there's a chance, if he's not there, that maybe Pierre Gasly can go there. However, what has Zach Brown been talking about? He's been talking about, along with Mr. Andretti, trying to bring in an American driver. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They have a stable of guys that he's trying to get to, not trying to get to, but you know, by the end of the year, we may see them have enough super license points to qualify for Formula One in mm-hmm. Colton Herta and Pat Award. Yeah. What other seats are out there? Pat Award just came in second in the Indy 500. Right-o. Third, right be- the year before. Right-o. So he is... And did some testing as well already, Formula One. Mm-hmm. So did Colton Herta. So there's already money being invested. No, Colton Herta hasn't tested. Oh, no, he's testing. He's going to test this He's going to test. There's already season. money. They haven't given the date, but he's going to test this season. There's money already being invested into those people as well, so. So the only other spot, Aston Martin, right? Is v- Vettel's been talking about like he's leaving. Yeah, he's close to the end of his career. Does Papa Stroll bring in... Pierre Gasly, see what he can do with that car? Or does he want veteran talent? That would probably be a worse situation for him than he is at AlphaTauri. You think so? So here's the, here's the problem at AlphaTauri. Where the hell is the Aston Martin at? I mean, they've been talking all the crap. Maybe, yeah, they're building a new factory, but where the hell are they at? AlphaTauri is supposed to be the JV League, right? They're supposed to develop drivers to feed into the Red Bull team. Yes. Right. So the talks are that once... Uh, you know, once this contract is up with Perez, Yuki Sonoda should be ready, right? Are they going to keep Pierre Gasly in that seat just perpetually? Is he going to be happy there? He's not going to allow it to. It's like the same situation when Sainz was in that seat. Exactly. He kind of grew out of it. He said, listen, I'm, I'm here, but that's it. I got the Ferrari. Well, he got the McLaren drive, then he got the Ferrari drive. So, um, 
yeah, eventually it'll be similar to what happened with Ocon and Mercedes. He's going to have to cut ties and see where he signs um, because there's no place for him right now. You have the place where you want to be at if you were in the Red Bull camp is in the, the Red Bull works team. The top team. The top team. Right now, those two seats are locked in. Max ain't going anywhere. And <laughs> Paris is signed for two years. So, and honestly, that's the average contract in Formula One, anywhere from two to three years. With somebody who's Paris's age, two years is pretty good enough because he's an older driver at this point compared yeah. to the, the rest of the family. Right, he just had a third kid this week. He he really hit it all this week, right? He won the Monaco Grand Prix, this new contract, third, third kid. kid. Oh, wow. Yeah, good for him. And then he's out partying. Um, I mean, where would Pierre Gasly go? I think Aston Martin would be the fit, right? I think so, too. The Green Bull, no? <laughs> wow. Why wouldn't, wow, I bring in, wow, wow. why wouldn't I bring in that driver if I'm Lance Stroll? Like, yo, you have intimate knowledge. Why don't you just come over here? All the guys know him from, right? They, they bought a bunch of the engineers from Red Bull. Why don't you yeah. just come over and, and work over we here? We got a new factory over uh, here. You know, Pierre, you know. Come over here, Pierre. Pierre, if you want, you know, we can build a new evil empire. <laughs> okay. Um, so, with that said, any other thoughts on uh, potential potential future for Perez this season? That's can can he be cha- challenging for the championship? He'll be close. He'll yeah. be he'll win on, on at least one or two more races. Mm-hmm. But not to overtake Max. Oh, man. I mean, I've always said Monaco's an outlier because it's just a really different track. I don't see Max being that's this slow for the rest of the season. I think, yeah, I think it was a one-off type I deal. think right now the, the, the creme de la creme of F1 this season is Leclerc and Max Verstappen. And all with Paris right along there picking up the scraps. Isn't that the, the, but that's the thing. It's like any race that you've seen besides these races, um, Leclerc, when Leclerc and Verstappen are racing each other at the top, they're by clearing the by field yeah. by a long shot, bro. So it's like, again, Monaco's an outlier. We saw this a few years ago when, when Danny Rick won. Danny Danny Rick basically won with half an engine. You're not going to be able to do that in any other track but Monaco. So, I mean, not that Paris didn't drive well this 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 weekend. He drove lights out. He put himself in a position to win and he got the win, but I don't foresee Max Verstappen being slower than Paris at any other race this season. Right. And he he's laughing it up now, yucking it up with him. When it gets after the halfway point, it's gonna be you know knives out. Right? Exactly, exactly. And and we've and you know what, Max is a champion, man. And once you're a champion, you you move differently. Your swag is different. The way you drive is different. Even if you even if you're down and out, one race you're gonna come back and you're gonna blow out the field the next. We've seen this with Mercedes. For now, but because I'm getting good points, but next week he's gonna be on it, and that's the maturity. That's he knows that this is this is a long haul. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. That's something that Lewis Hamilton said sometime last year. Yo, do you know that there's never been a repeat winner at Baku? There hasn't. Never. No. Never. So Max has never won. And ne- Baku. Neither has Perez. Well, oh, Max oh, was gonna win last year. Yeah. Exactly. So we'll see. But all right. So moving on. How about. So there, there's a couple of things I want to talk about with this. That Mick Schumacher crash, right? So we saw Mick Schumacher ends up crashing just over, right over by the swimming pool, ends up crashing into the wall. The car splits in half or in two, basically. Um, from there. They call a safety car for a couple of laps. Then they do a red flag. So my my whole thing is number one. How the how in the world is that car splitting in half the way that it did? It's I think did, to, you, you were telling me that the design like that, right? Yeah, it's meant to do that to avoid oh. like a, a situation what happened with a with, with Grosjean. Grosjean. Yeah, 
I mean, they had it. Um, it was meant to do that before, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously with Grosjean, it ripped the bag open. So I guess it wasn't that good. This car, this year's car, it's meant to do that even more, where it'll split open, but not where the 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 gas tank, which is really a bag, um, rips open and starts a fire, like it did with Grosjean. So those cars, right where it split, and we saw that with Mick the first time in Saudi Arabia, we see it again this uh, this weekend. Where that car is... Because it was, slip, split? Yeah, it's meant to split. No, no, I'm saying in Saudi yeah, Arabia, the car Arabia split into as well? Yeah, as well, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those cars are meant to do That's the reason I don't remember. I don't remember that either. Yeah. But it'll, maybe, but what, the, maybe when the crane was picking it up, it was... But what happens, remember also that these cars are heavier in the back than they are in the front. Junk in the trunk? Yeah. So, if it's designed to split open like that, that energy... That is carrying on the back because it's heavier. It splits open, you know. It obviously, splits from the from the monocoque where the driver is, so it's not pulling the driver with it to even to even a worse crash than what it was. The driver stays still, and you're good. You're safe in the monocoque. But if you have all that weight pulling you around, then it's just you know, the monocoques are strong, but if they take multiple hits, obviously they're they're gonna it's gonna be we saw that with uh, with Anton Huber, where the Manacock uh, in in where he unfortunately passed away in Spa, where the Manacock took a huge hit going into the wall, but then it's already weakened and it's weakened state. Another car hits him from the side, boom, he's done. Gotcha. So like obviously, the more hits you, the more hits that Manacock takes, the weaker it gets. Of course, like, hit after hit. Mm. So it, was, it was a weird crash, though. It, it was. It, uh, it it looked worse than it was. Obviously, it's still pretty bad, but it looks it, it looks worse than it was. Way. Yeah, because it, the car split, and <laughs> the, the I thought I thought it was kind of funny, even though you don't want to laugh at an accident like that where the the marshals were just like wheeling it like a like a wheelbarrow, like a like a wheelbarrow or yeah. shopping cart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the back of and the they couldn't make the turn. <laughs> yeah. So um. I gotta be upfront. I'm a little upset at the race. We're just gonna jerk around and end up getting somebody killed here. Like this, to me, it is. It has been an issue with Formula One, and we can see that it's it's still an issue. Like they were already. Yes, you just explained the whole thing with Anton Huber. You don't want that type of situation. Somebody could be distracted, and and like miss the breaking point, whatever, and slide into it. Um. I don't know. I, uh. From what we saw on TV, we, as the audience, it was pretty clear, based on the criteria of all the races that we've seen before. Exactly. Car splits in half, debris everywhere, and the barriers are messed up. That's the criteria to where you put a red flag, because you know that if you have cars running around, you're not going to have enough people to fix everything that has to be fixed. Okay, or no time to be able to do it while the cars are going. The race directors have more camera views all throughout the circuit where we don't even see it. So why or they, they have the, the the freedom to stay one camera? Well, angle. they have more information. Yeah. So why is it that you just can't call a red flag or a safety car right away? Why even go to the virtual safety car? Fine, I would be fine if you call a safety car right, right, right. and then right away call a safety car and then they'll say, all right, this has to be done, red flagging it. Maybe a lap under the safety car, we're red flagging it. That's fine. But a virtual safety car to a safety car to then think about doing the red flag just doesn't make any sense to me. Because we already know what the criteria is. You have a car broken in half, debris all over the track, in Monaco, in a street track, and the barriers are messed up. Yeah. Just on the just on the fact that the barriers have to be repaired, you're gonna have to call a red flag. Yep. Because it's such close quarters. Because it's not like you don't have to repair barriers off track where there's a huge runoff. No. There is no runoff in Monaco. Right. I just don't get it. These guys. Bring back Michael Massey. <laughs> nope. I mean, if even if you go and say, "Hey, he he just went straight into the those barriers. Mm-hmm. Like everything is there 
you know, in that one spot. No, but the debris was coming down. You, you, you saw the wing just, you know, flapping behind him before he even had the big crash. Mm -hmm. So the debris following him. So it's a trail of debris. So and right away, he hit the wall twice. He hit yeah, the back, another mm -hmm. one, and he, like he ricocheted. It should have been, it should have been, like Yancy was saying, it should have been safety car right away. And then you know already by one or two laps, you have to reflect the race. So that's, so right there we're talking about Mick Schumacher. Mm -hmm. These people had Stewart, or Marshalls, completely exposed on the track. You were, you were saying that, yeah. I'm like, yo, what, what are we actually what are we actually doing here as far as safety? And I'm not even talking about, Yancey mentioned it during during the race that they had marshals exposed over by the pool. No, but, it wasn't by the pool. It was um, uh, right after the tunnel. After the tunnel. In, in the, in the Novo chicane, I think, where there's literally no barriers and the marshals are just standing there. And I, I've, you can miss the breaking point. Something happens there. I get you the momentum of the cars are going that way, but you just don't know what what could happen if another car hits another car and the car ricochets back. And we've seen it happen. Guys trying to pass and cars get hit into that area. So why are the marshals even... There's no barrier there. No. Uh, We're continuing know. to tempt fate, and this is something that's been... We mentioned the, uh, the Baku crash earlier with Max where cars were still flying high speed, and I don't even think... It was just a yellow flag at that time. So it's like... Since then, and so we can't even say it's Michael Masi or anybody. It's just right now the FIA is just playing with fire. Somebody's going to get burnt. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Big time. Not. But it will be a disaster in 2022 if so. Not saying that will happen this year or something will happen this year. But I'm saying that with the, all the technology and all the safety, all you got to do is follow the proper protocols and we'll be good. But right now, I don't think we're even doing that. Yeah. So... On that note, uh, Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. Fernando Alonso um, backed up the whole grid. Literally held the door, as we say. Hold the yeah. door. He um, backed up the whole grid, Did it, drove as slowly as possible, and dared anybody to pass him. Who was behind him? Lewis Hamilton. At the end of the race, he picks up the pace to try and help his teammate, you know. Because he got a five-second penalty. Esteban Ocon, five-second mm -hmm. penalty. Lewis Hamilton, no, I'm just, keep, I'm just keeping my slow pace. Screw you guys. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Alonso. No. Oh. Alonso took off. Hamilton stayed slow. Oh, okay. Because okay. he knew, or his team said, just keep it slow. Screw, screw Ocon. Yeah. Who cares? Mm -hmm. This is after Lewis has been battling also Ocon for a while. Remember, they even touched at one point in, in the first turn and all of that. Yeah. Just for him trying to, and fighting to get past you. That was the five-second penalty. Yes. Was it? The, the contact. Oh, the contact. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. So, after I just finished battling a team for like 10 laps, now I come to you, I can't get nowhere. And now you decide, okay, let's, my five-second penalty, I got to, you know, let's help him out. You decide to take off? No, I screw, I screw everybody. I'm holding, I'm, I'm holding the door now. Mm-hmm. I just replaced the security, security guard Alonso. I hold the door now. Is this the type of racing that we want to see in Monaco? Or at all? It's just Monaco, dude. Pass me. I think that I think that you're gonna see it in some you can see it in some races, in some sectors of some races, you, you you're gonna see it. Yeah. It's gonna be very tough to pass in the castle sector in Baku. It's mm -hmm. very tough to pass in certain areas of uh Singapore. Hungary, etc. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. It's just a whole race of it being tough to pass. But in Monaco was really, really, really a train behind it. Any smaller cars? Any smaller cars? Yeah. Any smaller cars. Okay, and then kind of last thing I wanted to mention: both Red Bull cars, Max and Sergio Perez, they crossed the yellow line for the pit exit ahead of where they were supposed to. Big deal or not a big deal? At the at the beginning, the when they first showed it to us during the race, they said it was Paris at that shot, but that was Max's shot. I don't know who it was. Yeah, yeah but, but I know they, they, but both, they did both did it, yeah. Rules of the rules? It wasn't that big of an infraction, but the rules, the rules are the rules, right? So if you're going to make the argument, if you're going to give people penalties or mess somebody's race up, Mm -hmm. Because the rules are the rules. I agree. You got to be consistent, right? Yeah, that's what um, 
That's the stance they've taken this year. Well, they've taken it with the jewelry and the underwear and everything else. What happened here? So, what, because they're winning? Uh, I think, I don't know if it was about them winning. I just think that in that case, in that, there's no real lasting advantage. Granted, yeah, I agree. I agree with mm-hmm. you that there's the rules should be the rules yeah. since they've been by the by the book now. But I, you know, I can see I can see both sides. I guess. So I do, mean, yeah, I see it as. Well. Oh, sorry, go ahead. But I see it as well. You're right. But do you think like that the rules are the rules? Maybe minor infractions like that should be carried to be pretty much accumulate. Be no, no, no. I'm just no. I you think can't do meaning. That hey, you we hey Max, you know you hey. We're gonna put a point in, not not deduct a point actually from the race, but hey, we're gonna take that into consideration. If we do see you know the truck doing that, you're getting a penalty. I, I think they should. I think they should reinforce it for sure. Gotcha. I don't think that. So they threw out the Ferrari. Uh, I guess the challenge that they brought mm-hmm. up, protest. Like the, the protest that they did it. But uh, I don't think that. I don't think you should ever go back into a race and change the results. I don't think you should ever do that. But they need to f- call it out during the race. It was brought to our attention in the broadcast. So yeah. if the broadcast saw it, for sure the FIA saw it. Or they may have been watching Sky and they could have been like, oh, yeah, this actually happened. Huh? But I don't know. Matthew Brando should be the race director. You see, the, the, <laughs> the issue is we, we call for consistency. And we're not getting it. And especially after what happened... At the end of last season, where literally the championship was on the line, we're not seeing any improvements in the race direction and how they are interpreting the rules. I just don't see it because it just seems like they're not calling it by the book when sometimes they do. But in this case, it doesn't like it doesn't make any sense to me. And... And this is why sometimes the drivers get mad because it's like, mm-hmm. dude, what last last week this was okay and this week is not. Yeah. For the past for the past sixteen years, you allowed me to wear jewelry, and all of a sudden it's not. Right. You know, but that and that's the frustration. So if you're gonna call it by the book, then call it by the book. And that's it. But it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. If I'm Lewis Hamilton, I'm real pissed off. Yeah, everything's by the book for me or against me, but not not it Red d- Bull. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So on that note, guys, next week we'll be talking in your F one feelings. We'll be doing a whoop, preview whoop. for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. You know, we'll be talking about the news that uh, comes out during the week, and uh, we'll be doing some trivia as part of our preview and predictions. Thank you, Ruben. <laughs> With that said, guys, if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, which if you're listening, that's what you're doing, please make sure to leave a review uh, and a uh, uh, couple stars, whatever. Uh, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace.